I just wanted to um, ask you a question about your plotting because you say that you sit down and you can write 5,000 words in a day. Now, how on earth do you plot a book so well that you can sit down and write up to 5,000 words a day? That's my question because I struggle with a 1,000 words a time and I plot my books reasonably well. So uh, if you bought out a book on how to plot, I would certainly buy that. But the main reason for sending this in is uh, on my behalf, and I think probably on behalf of every person that listens to your podcast, I want to say thank you so much for the weekly podcast information, advice and inspiration that you give to all of your listeners. I'm sure we all listen and we are all inspired by what you're doing and uh, we enjoy what you say. Um, so, as I say, on behalf of everyone that subscribes, I just want to say a massive thank you for the best writing podcast on the market. I'm sure every one of your listeners wishes you the best for your move to Spain. And please bring back the podcast as soon as possible. And I hope you put this on the, the final podcast so that everybody can say, yes, we agree. It is the best writing podcast on the market today. So thanks and best wishes for the future. Bye. Well, I must admit, Lee, those lovely comments at the end of your question took me by surprise. It's really nice to hear that. And of course, I'm just delighted that what I'm doing when I'm talking nonsense here every week, that it's useful to you in some way. And thank you very much for your support, because I know you've been a long term listener of the podcast, and I'm pleased that you've managed to get so much from it. Now, to answer your question, what I would say, Lee, first of all, is I think it's really dangerous comparing yourself to other people. So what you must never do is listen to me saying I write 5,000 words a day and thinking somehow that you're failing because you're not writing 5,000 words a day. Now, I listen to people, for instance, like Chris Fox, who does ridiculous numbers of words a day. Some people could do 10,000 words per day. And I think although I would probably be capable of it, there's no way I want to sustain that. And I think I've maybe done seven or eight. You probably know this better than me. I'll have told you on the podcast if I have. I have done more than 5,000 in a day. Sometimes when I'm at the end of a book, I just can't stop writing because I'm so excited about the end. But it's not something that I would want to do regularly. So, so the first thing is, is don't compare yourself with me because we all started in different places. We've all got different experience. And what I would say to you, Lee, is you have written and published several books now. You have already done way more than most people do. If you think that the average person wants to write a book and will never do it, you have already far exceeded what most people aspire to do. So don't beat yourself up about it is the first thing I would say to you. Now, the other thing, and I, I never realised this, but as I've become more experienced with writing, I think I have to thank my journalistic work. And remember, I worked as a journalist for 18, 19 years. I think that's responsible for my ability to be able to sit down and write those 5,000 words every day. And I listen to other podcasts from journalists. And I, I listen, for instance, to, to somebody like John Cronshaw, who 
is uh, another author who has a podcast and you know John's a former writer as well I also listen uh, often to people there's a lot of writers self-publishers who are former um, forces and I think they seem to bring a massive amount of discipline to the job and the journalists and reporters that I listen to they seem to bring this ability to be able to write to deadlines to the job. Now, I spent years in the BBC. I was a, a presenter. Actually, it makes me shudder when I think what I used to turn around on the radio. I used to do, um, at the most, I would do sometimes four hours of live radio. And I would come in to do a breakfast show in the morning. So uh, I think the longest breakfast shows I would do were two and a half hours. More regularly, they were two hours. And I would come in at some godforsaken hour in the morning and have a thrust, uh, loads of scripts thrust at me. I very, I would very, very quickly have to get on top of a lot of news stories, and I would have to do interviews, live interviews with people, and you don't get much time to prepare. And I would very quickly have to be an expert at something and, and sound like I knew what I was talking about on the radio. And I would do that for two or two and a half hours, have a breakfast break, and then I'd come back and do another two hours on phone in where I would be briefed on a number of topics. And then I'd have to sound like I knew what I was talking about. And obviously part of the job was keeping up to date with you know, what, what was contemporary, what was fashionable, what was going on in the news. That was part of the job. But I often had to write scripts on very, very tight deadlines. And sometimes I even had to make up scripts off the top of my head. Uh, the first show I ever did at BBC Radio Humberside, uh, when I was pressing the buttons, um, which is more stressful when you're having to press the buttons and do the talking. Um, just as we were going live, the producer whispered in my ear, which was in my headphones, and said, there's a huge fire at a B&Q store in Hull. Um, you know, you need to kind of... <laughs> You need to mention that in the headlines, and then you hear the peep, peep, peep of the of the of the pips, and then the jingle comes in, and you've somehow got to busk something. So you know, I have worked under tremendous um, time pressure, day in, day out, having to write headlines, having to write things really fast, often having to write things while I'm live on air, and and I think that is, I think that accounts for my ability to just sit down with a task, with the the bare minimum of steer on a task and get on with it. And the other thing that journalists will tell you um, is we don't get writer's block. And the reason we don't get writer's block is because we simply can't. No editor on a newspaper or a radio station will give you the time of day if you say, oh, I just wasn't inspired to write in the news headlines for 10 o'clock, so there's nothing on the radio. They don't care. you just got to turn it out. And I think the other thing, you probably, when you hear me on the podcast, think I'm quite gung-ho about things sometimes. When I say to you, I, I, I when I write a first draft, it's usually a pretty good first draft. And I, I use phrases like, well, nobody dies if I make a mistake. Nobody dies. You know, I've made so many mistakes and had to recover from them on live area, uh, on lo- live radio. No, I never died from this stuff. Like you can put stuff back. We're not brain surgeons or anything like that. So, um, you know, I sound, I think sometimes I probably sound glib and sometimes like I don't care. I absolutely do care, but I've done so much live radio. It's never perfect. Uh, it never will be. Uh, not unless you're doing pre-recorded programs, which take ages and ages and ages if you do them properly, which is why I don't record my audio. I know how long it takes to do properly. For, for audio books you know that's why I won't do that I know it takes hours and hours and hours to get it absolutely perfect and it's why I leave these podcasts so rough and informal because I, I don't have the time to process it correctly so you know with the BBC it was always a case of we were always working at speed I was working live most of the time I was having to figure stuff out fast I was having to write to deadlines if I didn't have something written 
to deadlines, then I would have no radio show. I'd be two hours and nothing to say. So you just had to work fast and get it out. Now that, that's been my training. And I don't think I ever realized what skills I was generating. I always thought of it as radio. But when I sit down to write, I think I'm using those same skills. So I do set things up, though, to give myself the best chance of success in that. So uh, as you know, as all long-term listeners to this podcast will know, first of all, I turn off all distractions. I'm in my study right now, and I close the door. The family know when I'm writing. They will not disturb me when I'm writing. I don't have a phone in my study. I turn off all distractions like email and social media. I don't have my phone peeping or anything like that. So when I write, I write for an hour, and I write intensely. I also um, then have a timer on, an hour timer. And I know because this is this is just my words speed. I've done however many books it is I've written now. I know what my speed is now. And I know that in an hour, I can write 1,700 words perfectly comfortably. In fact, it's so comfortable sometimes that as I finish the last word, that the paper on my online timer will go off sometimes. So it is beautifully timed. Now, Interesting what you say about oh, how, how on earth do you do it? When I look at people like Chris Fox saying how many words they do in an hour, I just think to myself, I don't think I'm physically capable of doing that. So I think we all have these stretch goals. We all have these limitations. And we all come to the job with different experience. And my experience, I think, definitely gives me um, an advantage if you haven't been in that, that writing sort of scenario. So a timer and distractions and then again you'll know that I didn't used to plot um I, I say I didn't used to plot I think that every day that I've written I've always had at least a line scribbled on a piece of paper that said what the chapter was going to be about so I always knew where I was heading but from that very little bit of information and this I think comes from those radio skills that they would give me a little bit of information so when I was describing that fire for instance that took place in my headphones I would have it would have just been whispered the B&Q store in Hull is up in flames we don't know whether there are any casualties so that's all the information I had and then I'd have had non-stop interviews on that and I'd have had to ask interesting questions you know so where did the fire start do we know if we've got any casualties how many fire um, engines uh, are in attendance you know uh, have you got all the staff out yet what's the damage to the building the structural building how long is it going to be closed is there smoke over the city all these questions that that you ask and 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 you just have to you know you just keep it going answering sensible stuff and that's kind of what I do when I write it it's so simple yet actually it's so important if I ever get stuck by stuck I mean hmm what do I do here I just say to myself in real life what would happen next what might happen next somebody might walk through the door um, something might explode or go bang or um, you know the the kettle overboils you know pan overboils or something like that what happens next what might happen next if this were a real situation and it's so simple and almost obvious but I can get myself out of anything by asking right there they are they're sat there maybe sat in a pub and I'm not quite sure what happens next. Maybe a fight breaks out. Maybe somebody walks in who they weren't expecting. Maybe there's a police raid. You could always generate more action by asking the question, what happens next? And just think of the scenario and think, what might happen next? I think, though, that the the plotting that I'm doing now has really helped me. And what I will do is I will share a link to the Google Doc 
that I use as my template. And you'll look at it and you'll think, how the heck does he turn that into a book? But when I plot a book now, I don't plot every single detail. I just have a sentence uh, for each chapter. So let, let me, I've just picked a, a chapter at random for the book that I'm writing at the moment. So it's chapter 20, and I've just got the scene notes. And here are the scene notes. They won't mean anything to you out of context, but it'll just give you a, a sense of what I've got here. Will is there with the doctor and Vinny, who is patched up now from the crash. They're going to intimidate him to get the documents. What's so important in there? A nasty scene where they're doing nasty things to Will. Electric kitchen knife and blindfold. Reminiscent of Marathon Man. Vinny, uh, I can't even read my writing here, so it just shows you how rough this is. Uh, Vinny takes their phones and he needs to be seen to be doing something. Maybe get Charlotte to unlock the phone with her finger. So, so just very, you know, they're very, very brief notes. And another thing that I've started to do is to record the action and the tension in each chapter. I started to do this with the book I co-wrote with Adam Nichols, which is Now You See Her. So I asked myself in each, in each chapter, what action is taking place here? Or if there isn't any direct action, where's the tension in the conversation? And, that, and remember, I'm writing thrillers, by the way. Um, but I think I always want to ask myself, how's this moving the plot on? That's effectively what, I've asked, what I'm asking myself. So when I plan a book now, I put the title. Having the title helps me get inside the story into the mood and the feel of the story. And one of the things that I have started to do before I even write a story is to write the tagline. So the tagline is the sentence that you, that you just have maybe at the top of your blurb in Amazon. But again, the tagline sets the scene it sets the mood of the story so i write one or two taglines and another thing that i've started to do is i've actually started to write the blurb for the book before i even write the book now that might sound crazy that might sound that's back to front but i find that if i can if i can almost touch out and, and get the mood of the book then it helps me with the planning helps me get the sort of sense of place and the and, and the yeah the, the mood the feel of, of what's going on in the book so i have a title a couple of taglines and i have a blurb now that blurb might change but by forcing myself to write a blurb early i know exactly where the book is going i know the direction of travel in the book and i found that quite a useful exercise actually and often i don't change the blurbs very much uh, when i actually come to list the books I then have a notes section and the notes section is really just my random ideas so often the notes will have uh, great scenes that I've, I've thought of I thought of a great scene the other day that I want to be set inside an undertaker's now I haven't even I haven't got a clue how that's going to work into the plot I'll work it into the plot somehow but um, I've got I had this great scene when I was watching the telly I said to my wife can we just pause the telly I just need to write something down so so often I, I, I get seen so I put those in the notes so the other thing I put in the notes is locations that I might want to work in and the other thing I put in my planning is the theme what is the theme of this story and the theme of this Walker Bay trilogy that I'm writing at the moment is is about missing people about the lives that are left behind and the damaged when people go missing, when people disappear. So just a simple theme. And by the time I've got to that stage, I know pretty well, I've used this phrase just a moment or two ago, I know the direction of travel with the story. So after that, I have a list of, now you, you know I'm quite formulaic with this, but I can tell you that I, I write my thrillers to 75,000 words, 
which boils down to 45 chapters of roughly 1,600-1,700 words each. And I write then a sentence for each chapter, and then I mark, I put a little note about where the action and the tension is in that scene. Now, this is the bit that I struggle with. What I don't do when I plan a book now, I don't do it all in one day. I've found with editing and I found with planning a book that if, uh, because I find those things hard, they don't suit the way my brain's wired. I need to do them bit by bit. And actually what I've been doing with this last Walker Bay series is when I'm planning, I am plan three chapters a day. And by planning three chapters a day, it's literally just a couple of sentences like you heard me read before, just a, a, a very brief outline of what's going to happen in that chapter. Not all the detail, I haven't thought of everything. I've just, again, to use that phrase, got the direction of travel for each chapter. I mark, I make a note of where the tension is. And honestly, um, I find it so difficult to plan and to see so many steps ahead. It really helps me to just do three chapters at a time per day and just to split that up over a couple of weeks. And I've, again, I'm finding that that works really well for me. And then when I write, I take the notes that I've got for each chapter and I I read them before I write, get in the zone if you want to think, okay, this is a scene, this is a fight scene, uh, and it's set maybe on the pier or something like that. So I get into the zone, and then distractions off, timer on, off you go, start writing. And often, when I write the first line, this is something else that might help you, Lee. When I write the first line of a sentence, I always start in the middle of the action. So there's no build-up, there's no great long description or anything like that. I, I might start a fight scene right in the middle of the fight scene and then and then take it back. So that the, the this is just a rough sentence, it's gonna be a terrible sentence, you know, that as the punch landed across Fred's face, he reeled and went crashing into the table. So you're immediately caught by the scene. You're right bang in the middle of it. And then I will wind it back and say something like, he hadn't expected the day to go like that, but it very quickly went from bad to worse the moment he walked through the door. And then I'll sort of tell you how he got there. So it, it, I, by starting in the middle, it, it, it kind of helps me to write the story because I'm already there if you want. You know, I haven't had to get somewhere. I've started where, I, where I'm going. And so I'll then kind of take you up to the fight scene, conclude the fight scene, and then leave on some kind of cliffhanger or tension. Um, and, and so by, by doing that, it helps me to, to just ask myself constantly, well, what would happen next? So if I've got this character flying into a table and everything's going crashing, well, you know, they're in a restaurant, obviously, and I need to set the scene. I need to say what's around them, what's in the room. I need to then think of props that they could use. What are they going to whack each other with during this fight scene? Who might come into the fight scene? So again, you know, going right back to the beginning of this, it's much like I would pre prepare for an interview. Here's the basics. Here's the basic scene. That's very quickly in my head do a flowchart of what might happen here. And off we go. Put yourself on a timer and write. Now, the other thing I would say to you is I don't mess around with it. I, I type the words. I keep writing, keep writing, keep that momentum up. And again, that's that's a discipline for me. Uh, I just I had, I had no choice when I was on the BBC. I, I was almost so much under time pressure that I just you just have to write it. You have to get it out. You can't sit and think all day, and and so I do think that gives me a natural advantage.
So what I would say then, Lee, is let's go right back to the beginning here, is please don't compare yourself with me. Find your own way into this. Find your own speed. Find what works for you, because um, what works for me might not work for you, but you might hear me say one or two things that actually do work for you and do help you to improve your process, but you're unlikely to be able to write the same way as any other person. What I tend to do when I listen to podcasts is I you don't, I'm not going to do everything, but every now and then I'll, I'll hear something and think, oh, that, that sounds interesting. Let's try that. Let's try that. Let's try that. And bit by bit, you refine your process and you get better at uh, what you're doing or, or faster in this case, which is what, what you want to do. But don't beat yourself up about it. You know, you've written many books. They look fantastic. You're selling books. You're making money from it. All you've got to do is scale it up and do more of it now. That's all you've got to do. Rinse and repeat. All right. And do it at your speed. Do it at the speed that works for you. And if you want to increase that speed, then try and do it incrementally. Tune in to people like me and other podcast hosts who tell you how they do it and just try it. If it doesn't work, throw it out. If it works, put it into your armory and see if you can you know, get that, that writing speed up. I hope that's useful for you, Lee. And I just want to thank you very, very much again for those lovely comments. I really do appreciate that. It, it makes it worthwhile talking into this microphone in my study like this, when you sometimes feel like you're talking to yourself, it's really nice to know that what you're saying is helpful to other writers. So good luck with your writing. Keep it up. Your books look fantastic. I know you've sold a lot more books this year. Rinse and repeat. Write more, sell more. It'll all go up bit by bit by bit. All you've got to do is stay in the game. If you're ready to move your self-publishing career out of the doldrums, then you should check out my non-fiction book, The Five Figure Fiction Formula, available in ebook and paperback formats and distributed via Amazon, Apple, Google, Barnes & Noble and Kobo. This book explains how I achieved my first five-figure earnings months, resulting in four Amazon All-Star bonuses. Having self-published more than 23 books across three genres, I've condensed a process which took me four years to master you can hear every twist and turn in season one of my podcast diaries. If you want to take your author career from zero to five figures without the detours, delays and frustrations, then start reading the five figure fiction formula today. Just head for bookstoread.com forward slash formula to get started.